Welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by apprentices of the First Voice Media Production Program. On tonight's show, you will hear interviews and thoughts from creative folk associated with the film industry. So what we'll talk about today will be the San Francisco uh, Black Film Festival that is coming up. That will be between uh, June 13th through June 16th. Uh, we'll speak with one of the members from the Oakland International Black Film Festival and also one of the creative people who was involved in one of these films, uh, Michael D. McCarthy, Belonging in the USA, the story of Michael D. McCarthy. So stay tuned, stay with us. We'll have some music with you. All that tonight on Full Circle. All right, all right. So how's everyone doing today? This is Stevie G. This is your host. This is KPFA 94.1 FM in Berkeley. And this is the Full Circle Show. And as I said, today is uh, preparation for the San Francisco Black Film Festival that is coming up. And that will be between June 13th, which starts on a Thursday through Sunday, June 16th. And with that... Uh, we'll have lots of opportunities, lots of venues, and we're even going to have some ticket giveaways for you all that we'll make sure that we bring into this. All right. Uh, so um, what I'd like to do now is get into one of the creative people, someone who's actually a subject in one of the films from the San Francisco Black Film Festival. This would be a Mr. Michael D. McCarthy, and he will join us. Welcome to Full Circle, Mr. McCarthy. All right, it's McCarty. McCarty. Yes, Thank you for the quick McCarty. correction. I love that. I need that early so I can burn into my memory. Thank you. I apologize. No problem. Thanks for having me on. All right. All right. Well, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Woke up, got up, remember doing it. It's a great day. All right. There you go. There you go. That's a blessing. Very much so. All right. So what I'd like to do now... Again, understand that we can't give too much of the story away. I like if you can share um, as much as you can with us about yourself uh, and, you know, sort of your beginnings, uh, sort of how you got into this very project. And, you know, that we can get into some of the things you're looking at now and into the future. Sure. Um, I'm going to start with the director, producer, Ariel Nobile. Um this is a young lady who I've known all of her life. Her parents were not just good friends, but they were great influences on me, um, introducing me to artichokes, Indian food, and world travel. Um, and she got this idea to do something in response to the Trump madness, um, bringing different people's lives uh, exposed, as it were. And I have, how shall we say, had an interesting life. Okay. Um, okay, so how did she go about selecting you for this? Well, 
I was the first one. I'm the first of I don't know how many films, but she's done three so far. And the reason she chose me, it, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. As I said, I mentioned I've, I've known her all her life. Mm-hmm. She was, um, up until she was about three or four years old, I saw her, then I left Chicago. Right. And the next time I came back, she was about to graduate from high school. Now, I don't know if you remember, there was this game called Simon with the lights and a boop, boop, boop. Yes, yes. Well, they didn't have the game. Her parents didn't have the game, but I would do the boop, boop, boop on her <laughs> belly till she was sick of me. <laughs> so when I saw her again after, uh, uh, as she was about to graduate from high school, I'd gone to visit her parents. They went to sleep with me and her and one of her classmates, and I'm telling them stories because that's all I've ever done. And she says, Michael D., I really don't remember you. I said, of course, you were just an infant. I used to press your belly and go, boop, boop, boop. Her eyes got bigger sausage. She remembered me. She could describe the apartment, the walls, the wallpaper. All these memories flooded in. Mm-hmm. And we've been tight ever since. Nice, nice. Well, you know what? What we can do, why don't we um, get over to the trailer, and then let's come back from the trailer, and then let's pick up our conversation. How about that? Okay. All right. Let's go to the trailer. My spot. <laughs> There's sort of a method to my madness. I usually know where stuff is. Show me your FBI file. Oh, yeah. How did you know when they were done with you? Oh, you don't. It's not the norm to say, okay, the system is corrupt. I'm going to put my life on the line to do something about it. That's not the norm. Um, I ain't never been accused of being normal. <laughs> I was going to be the first in my family to go to college. I was going to be a physicist. And I just walked away from all that to be a revolutionary. What is the first thing that comes to mind when you think about Michael D? Joy. Because Michael lives out loud. (laughs) He gives something to every person that he can. I kept my apartment. I kept my car. Uh, I just lost my damn mind. There's a childlike quality about him, you know, an excitement for life. She was cute. She liked me, and she bought me a shotgun. <laughs> he is unapologetic in pursuing his joy and offering it to others. When your head gets big, there's a big old cosmic pin waiting up. <laughs> Pop that sucker, boy, bring it down to size. It was a hell of a year. If I were to make a movie of Michael's life, I would probably start it with his parents. Then I would go to high school, the walkout. There's me on the news leading this walkout. Of course, you'd have to interject the Fred Hampton episode, and then the military, the FBI, Saibaba, acupuncture, storytelling. What does it mean to you when I say the word belonging? Belonging is finding that place where you belong and doing that which you are meant to do. And for me, I found my place here, and I found my purpose here. Interesting. Interesting. Physicist, huh? Yeah, that was my dream from the time I was in about fifth grade. My mother always encouraged me that I could be anything I wanted to be, and if you could read, you could do anything. So that was, I was, I love science. I was just talking with my wife how, during the summer, one summer I went, I took summer school to take, to learn new math. And I can remember running to the bus stop. I couldn't wait to get to class. I was, uh, 
a latter, uh, a pre nerd nerd, as it were. Oh wow, you would fit right into today because that, that all that big push towards STEM or STEAM, which is what we'd like yeah, to say here that's now, right. including yeah, I'm the glad arts. You said that I like STEAM. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Very important to have the arts as a foundation and to build upon that. And the sciences fall into that, quite honestly. So. Oh yeah, as Einstein said, imagination is more important than knowledge. Mm-hmm. I love your quotes. Oh yeah, I love and I love quotes. I use them in my work in the prisons. I work with the Arts and Corrections program. I've worked in 11 different prisons. There'll be 12 as of uh, later this year. I teach uh, story creation. I teach them how to find, develop, and tell their stories. Interesting. So how did that get started? How did that happen for you? Well, um, I've been a professional storyteller for, I think it's 27 years now. And when I came into it in the 90s, the Arts and Corrections program was going full bore. It wasn't anything I was ready for at the time. But a buddy of mine was very much involved in it. And then uh, early 2000s, it got lost its funding, and it resuscitated it in 2014. And the same buddy called me up and asked if I'd be interested in going to prison. <laughs> and I was. And I ended up working. I worked with two different agencies going in either on a, a two-week intensive or a 13 once-a-week sessions, where I showed them the importance of their stories, why they need to be able to tell their stories, and how to do that, how to find them, how to develop them, and where to tell them from. Interesting. We are listening to Mr. Michael D. McCarty, and he has a documentary that's done on his life, Belonging in the USA, the story of Michael D. McCarty. And that will be at uh, as a part of the San Francisco Black Film Festival that will be airing. Now, when does your piece air? It's on that Saturday and Sunday, the 15th and the 16th, at 4, uh, four o'clock. Um, it's at two different sites. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, okay. it's 4 o'clock. Um, okay. At uh, the JHC Fillmore Heritage Theater on Saturday and 762 Fulton Street the Nia room on Sunday. Okay. And you know, I'll be there for both of them. Excellent. You know what we'll do? We'll, we'll set up and we'll try to give three pairs away for Saturday. That's what we'll do. Cool. So let's see. Let's try to help get that moving. So let's go to a little um, music break. And if we do that, will that will help us uh, get some of the um, the uh, Brother's going to work it out. Willie Hutch. All right. All right. So we're going to have some nice music coming up for you here from the film industry. Nobody, man. I mean, you want to get rid of the pushes, I'll help you. But don't send your people after me. Come on, John. Can't you see that we can't get rid of one without getting rid of the other? We got to come down on both of them at the same time in order for this whole thing to work for the people. Look, nobody's closing me out of my business.
right. Okay, all right. Now, one thing that we'll need to make sure that we can give away tickets is to give you a number to call in to get those very same tickets. So let's do this again. 510-848-4425. That's 510-848-4425. Call in, please. We have three pairs of tickets for the Saturday airing, and you will be able to see uh, Mr. Michael D. McCarty. And we would love to be able to give those tickets to you. So please call in. Belonging in the USA is waiting for you. And we are waiting for you to call and pick up those tickets. Let's get back to the music. gets me always gets me uh willie hutch and that's from the uh film the mac uh, the soundtrack 
uh, but brother's going to work it out. And that was a young Moses gun that we heard over the airwaves there. Uh, so it's a really, really special moment at that point in time. And to that end, I'd like to get back and bring back in our guest, uh, Mr. Michael D. McCarty. Uh, again, this is 94.1 uh, uh, FM KPFA in Berkeley. I'm your host, Stevie G, and this is the Full Circle Weekly Friday Magazine Edition. And tonight we are talking about the San Francisco Black Film Festival. And with it again, our guest, Michael D. McCarty, who has a piece that is airing there in which he is the subject. How are you yeah. doing? I'm doing great, man. It, it's, um, it's quite amazing, uh, the work that went into this, film i mean i've had people videotape me and it's just a you know somebody videotape me ask me questions or what have you um there was uh two gentlemen who came out one day with a drone and followed me around as i drove around the city um she had this woman come and go through every one of my photos and catalog them because photos are used in the film mm. and then a great use of drones. Uh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, um, there's a sequence where she interviews my wife, and she asks, what would a movie of Michael's life be like? I think that was in the, in the preview. Well, she took that interview, sent it to an animator who created an, whole, an entire animated piece based on that interview with my wife. Wow. And you'll see portions of that um, at various points in the film. And then she, because uh, I'm originally from Chicago, so uh, she came out here for a couple of weeks and interviewed some of my storytelling friends, uh, videotaped some of my shows, and then back in Chicago, she interviewed my daughter, who you hear on there, and um, videotaped me telling stories to my daughter's students. And it's just an amazing, amazing piece to see. There was over 60 hours of footage that she distilled to 59 minutes. Nice. That's beautiful, beautiful. Can you um, explain to me a little bit more? I know one of the things you had mentioned was uh, storytelling. Mm-hmm. How did you get into storytelling yourself? How did How did that become a part of your you know, the, the, the fabric of you? Well, three parts. Part mm-hmm. one is that my mother always read me and told me stories. I can remember back to I was about two, three years old, and my mother always reading and telling me stories and encouraged me to read. And then in high school in the 60s, I went to uh, St. Ignatius High School in Chicago. Um, I discovered black history. That was, that was going on during the 60s. I discovered all these things about our history and culture that weren't in the so-called history books. Mm-hmm. And I shared this information via story, story with classmates and friends and what have you, because that's what I do. And then in 1992, I discovered there was such a thing as a professional storyteller. I met this guy named Joe Benizzi, introduced me as a professional storyteller. I said, you do what? Hmm. People pay you to tell stories? How you do that? I've been telling stories my whole life. And then I asked myself, what would I do if I was uh, independently wealthy? I said, I tell stories. Been doing it around the country and around the world ever since. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And so how did you get the connection uh, into the um, 
uh, prison so that you could get your program going? Well, as I mentioned, my friend Zoot, he pulled me into the project when it was resuscitated in 2014. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that always interested me when I became aware of prisons and art is that storytelling is essential. Storytelling is essential for life. But for inmates, storytelling is essential. When they go before the parole board, they got to be able to tell their story. When they get out and they're going for a job interview, reconnecting with family and friends, they have to be able to tell their stories. Mm-hmm. And on a deeper level, and at probably the most important level, they have got to get in touch with their stories. And I've had numerous occasions where guys have their look. Oh, oh I tell you, here, here, this just happened recently. There was a guy who had been in my class, and he had a walker. He had a lot of health issues and what have you. And he would always, when, when speaking of the crime that brought him to prison, he would always say it wasn't his fault. or uh, Not so much he didn't do it, but it wasn't his fault. Right. And then I saw him a few months ago. He wasn't using the walker. He, his whole continence had changed. Hmm. And he said to me, I've accepted my crime. And so him looking at the story, his own story, got him in touch with him. Gotcha. So he was able to, to tell his story more, in a more authentic way. And to move And on. have the authentic, right, and, and to have the accountability and then to move on from it. Yeah, because you can't, you can't move on until you deal with that. Mm-hmm. Wow, this sounds like an amazing program. It is. I mean, the whole, uh, you mentioned the STEAM. Um, there are folks in the prisons teaching African drumming, guitar, mm-hmm. poetry, theater, um, beating, Native American beating. There's this couple. They go into the prisons and they teach beating. And I don't know if you're familiar with Native American beating, but they're very tiny beads. Right. Right. The husband has no fingers, and he does beating. Wow. And so, to my mind, when it, when somebody sees that, anybody, but when you're in prison, well, if this guy can do beating with no fingers, what can't I do? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a great thought. That's a great thought, and, and take inspiration from every opportunity that you get and understand that the different perspectives can yield that at any time. Yes. And from anybody. And one of the things about my presentation in the program is that I've had this varied life. You know, I was a member of the Black Panther Party in Chicago. Um, as alluded to, I had the FBI on me, wanting me to be informer, had to deal with that through unusual ways. Um, came out of the Army, got into dealing drugs in the 70s, became a, a free base junkie, came off of that, became an acupuncturist whose specialty was detoxing people from drugs. And on and on. And when I go into the prisons, I share my stories Mm -hmm. for two reasons, at least two reasons. One, to model for them the way to tell your own story. And two, I I share some deep stuff with them. And that encourages them to do likewise. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
for sure. So again, you, just the, them able to bear witness to your authenticity as you're telling your own story would obviously encourage them to hopefully replicate that at some point. It, and that's that's what happens. I mean, there there are guys who's just had some amazing, amazing breakthroughs. I deal with a lot of different things. I, um, I, I in the course of my workshop, I talk about starting your own business. I have a a, a great nephew who did some time um, right after he came out of high school, and when he got out, he couldn't get a job because he'd been to jail. So he created an, a, a job for himself, helping people find work, and became so successful he was a major corporation, bought him in and folded his business into theirs. And I share these types of stories because it's, it's, it's hope. Right. It's hope. And then hope is something that's sorely needed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Well, thank you, um, Mr. Michael D. McCarty. Uh, we want to thank you so much for being on the show with us and sharing your story. Uh, again, we want to make sure that we leave some of the surprise for the film itself. Oh, yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We just want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to share with us uh, some some more intimate details of some of the process and some of what you're involved with and really appreciate your time. And this would be the uh, Belonging in the USA, the Michael D. McCarty story. And this will be at the San Francisco Black Film Festival, which starts uh, June Thursday, June 13th and runs through Sunday, June 16th. And you said Saturday and Sunday will be the yeah. airings of your piece? At 4 o'clock, yeah. At 4 o'clock. All right, all right. Well, thank you so much. Pleasure. And so uh, now how would anyone get in contact with you as it relates to some of the things that you're working on? If people wanted to reach out and help, how would they do that? Well, um, the name is Michael D. McCarty. I have a website, havemouthwillrunit.com. Dot com. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and uh, my my email is agrio, A-G-R-I-O-T, at earthlink.net. All right. All right. Well, thank you again, Mr. McCarty. Appreciate you so much in spending some time with KPFA and our listeners. And we wish you nothing but the best and have a great film festival. Thank you. Look forward to meeting you. Yes, indeed. Thank you, sir. Same here. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. So that was Mr. McCarty. And again, we are uh, KPFA 94.1 FM in Berkeley. I'm your host, Stevie G. And we are uh, making sure that we get the word out that the San Francisco Black Film Festival is happening. Again, June 13th through June 16th. That's from Thursday through Sunday. And that will run through different venues throughout San Francisco. So it's a great opportunity to get a um, a perspective through film on a number of subjects. Uh, with that, let's get into, let's take a little music break here. And before we do that, why don't we try to get into a little ticket giveaway here? Yep, uh-huh. Uh, let's see. You know what? I'm sorry. I happen to love that song we just played. I'm going to ask for that song again. And that would be Brother Gonna Work It Out because we have some things that we have to work out. Uh, so for the ticket giveaway, that number is 510-848-4425. That's 510-848-4425. And that is uh, to get, I think we have two pairs of tickets left. 
Okay, we have two pairs of tickets left, so please call, and let's see what we can do to get some people out there at the San Francisco Black Film Festival. Thank you. Do you? Hey, man, don't you realize not for us to make this thing work, man? We've got to get rid of the pimps and the pushers and the prostitutes and then start all over again clean. Hey, look, nobody's pushing me anyway, okay? I mean, not you, not the cops, nobody, man. I mean, you want to get rid of the pushers, I'll help you. But don't send your people after me. Oh, come on, John. Can't you see that we can't get rid of one without getting rid of the other? We got to come down on both of them at the same time in order for this whole thing to work for the people.
All right, all right. Welcome back. We are KPFA 94.1 FM in Berkeley. I am your host, Stevie G, and we are on the show Full Circle, which runs weekly Friday from 7 to 8 p.m. Today we are discussing or talking about the San Francisco Black Film Festival that is coming up. It comes up June 13th through the 16th. That's Thursday through Sunday and through different venues throughout the city. And this will be a great, great opportunity for you to get out and see some films that you might otherwise not be able to see. We'll see some independent films, some short films, some documentaries, a number of things. And there are films that are there for everybody, all ages. Um, not every single film, but, you know, definitely there'll be there's something there for everybody. There's going to be something there for everybody for all ages. So with that, let's get into one of the trailer sets that we put together. And this will discuss uh, uh, film Agwe, uh, Lalo's House, and also the film Skin. Let's get to that right now. The memory of the ancestors came to the eye in a vivid dream this morning. What makes you think you have more wisdom? And knowledge than I. skin. Now that's the body's largest organ. It's probably the most important bit of what makes us who we are. It's organic, it's rich, it's powerful. I want to audition for the lead and they go, but the lead's written as black. And I was like, yeah. I like light skin because it's making me more prettier. Growing up, I wanted to be every shade other than the shade that I am. I would wear makeup that would make me look lighter. I would use steroids, and what it did, it faded your skin. But Frisky is now rich, like I have money, because I sell cream, and I make more money from my cream business because I sell the cream all over the world. At the points where I was bleaching my skin, 
I struggled so bad with accepting who I was. I felt like I was just, I don't know, in somebody else's body. She says she's dating someone and that person likes fair persons. The complexion doesn't make you a better person at all. The complexion has nothing to do with beauty. The world will love you for who you are, not your complexion. When you bleaching give you dark locals. Without enough knowledge or not taking enough precautions while using those products, there has been grave damage that's you know you know occurred on the you know on those skins. My black is bold, your black is beautiful. My black is intelligent, your black is exciting. My black is black. If I can change one thing about myself, is going back to my complexion. Do you know why? Because the stress I use in rubbing my cream every day is terrible. Would you ever go back to that? Um, if you have the opportunity. Yeah, I will. We can improve those skins, bring them closer to what they originally used to be. Unfortunately, there are cases whereby there's irreversible damage and they will need to learn to live with that. You don't have enough black people defining or making books and saying, this is who we are. Because color black is actually strong. It's not something that you can throw away. You don't have to be, you know, beautiful because the way you are is just the way you behave and the way you are loved. When you see a human being and the person is black, you notice the complexion, the richness of that complexion. That's black beauty. For anything else, you notice the skin. You cannot forget the skin. Good music, good music. So, welcome back to KPFA 94.1 FM in Berkeley. This is your host, Stevie G, and we are on Full Circle discussing the San Francisco Black Film Festival. And you just heard the trailer, a first set of trailer that we kind of mixed together. The first film was called Agwe. And it's on a utopic Caribbean island. A young priestess must overcome her insecurities, defy tradition, and step into her power to save her people from impending danger. The second piece was called Lalo's House. And that's a suspense thriller uh, inspired by true events. After being taken from their home in Jockmel, Haiti, two young sisters must escape a child sex trafficking ring disguised as a Catholic orphanage. Definitely a suspense and a thriller. And the third film would be Skin. And uh, Skin is a feature documentary about exploring through identity the meaning of beauty in all the different shades of black. It is set in present-day Lagos, where Nollywood actress Beverly Naya goes on a journey to learn about contrasting perceptions of beauty. She speaks to school children, traders, artists about beauty. So that those are the three that we just sort of highlighted for you there. And we might have another set a little bit later on. Um, one thing I would like to say is that we will try to give away another set of tickets and we'll set this for the actual opening day. So that would be Thursday, June 13th. The San Francisco Black Film Festival starts, opens Thursday, June 13th. And we will have three pairs of tickets for a giveaway. And we will announce that shortly. In fact, you know what? Why don't we announce that now? And then we'll go to a music break. So let's 
Yeah, let's do that. So uh, the number to reach us is 510-848-4425. That's 510-848-4425. And this is a ticket giveaway for the opening night, June 13th. That's a Thursday for the San Francisco Black Film Festival. And with that, we're going to go to listen to some local talent from Oakland. Our own point of sisters. Uh, in the film, they're called the Wilson Sisters. So we'll get to that. We'll get to that song right now. Listening to my point of sisters get down with it. That's from the soundtrack Car Wash. And that's Believe in Something Why Not Believe in Me, right? So that was uh, a, a very good song that they did at that time. And that was uh, back in what, 77? 1977. So let's see. Shout out to some winners. We have Matthew, Joseph, and Luis in Oakland. So uh, shout out. Congratulations, you all. That's fantastic. You are winners. 
and we will see you there at the San Francisco Black Film Festival. Uh, welcome back. This is 94.1 FM. I am your host, Stevie G, and uh, we are. this is the Full Circle. And we are talking tonight about the San Francisco Black Film Festival. And in this case, uh, we've got some uh, a number of films that will be showcased over the four-day um, period from June 13th through June 13th, uh, excuse me, Thursday, June 13th through Sunday, June 16th. And over that those four days, there'll be a number of films, a uh, number of genre films that will play in different venues throughout the city. And this is a great opportunity to, um, you know, be experiment, uh, uh, take a leap, um, you know, try something you might not normally have thought of. Um, you know, I'm a guy who's a big comic book fan. I kind of stay and. You know, Agwe, one of the films that was mentioned early was an animate was an uh, was an animation film, but maybe I need to go check out the um, the thriller that was coming Lalo's house and and check that out. So it's time to do some exploring, and that's what these festivals are for to give you a chance and an opportunity to do that all as conveniently as possible. So we would love for you to take advantage. Uh, again, June 13th through 16th, that's Thursday through Sunday, this San Francisco Black Film Festival. Uh, having said that, what I'd like to do is um, get into another, you know, we have a little bit of time. Maybe let's just dab into the trailer, our next trailer, and see what that set sounds like. In bed, I had to remind myself. One of the most important things in music is rhythm. You can't keep time, people can't play. Hey! Hey, Fang, what do you do back there all day? Just passing time till I'm doing time. What the hell does that mean? I think he's talking about prison time. You're planning to go to jail? And hang out with your homies. Oh. And they feed you three meals a day. We're just kids. We're not kids. Trouble. You're just going to throw away your freedom for a life of crime? What do you know about it, huh? You ain't never been to the joint? Mr. Martin, should I call you the guitar man? What brings you in behind these walls? Hi, guys. I'm Buzzy. I'll be your music teacher this evening. I'm trying to make a difference. Talk to kids that I work with out of coming here. You might want to lower your expectations. A lot of these inmates have fathers. Hey, pups. Brothers, uncles. They've been in and out of prison all their life. Oh, yeah. The cycle can't be broken. Yo, it's kill or be killed. That's the law of the jungle. What if I'm tired of living in the jungle? You really scared me last night. Hell, Laura, I'm not an amateur. What are you looking at? I can handle myself. I'm a professional. If I can just keep one of those kids from ending up there, I need to do this. If I can give the prisoners some peace of mind, maybe they won't do something stupid when they get released.
education, not incarceration. doesn't like labels like soul or R&B, but the one label that's undeniable like that, is that of superstar. That's you. Wake up everybody, no more sleeping in bed. I had to remind myself that that was a Harold Melvin and a Blue Note song. Harold did sing some leads, but the big hits belonged to Teddy. I couldn't piece together. It wasn't Harold Melvin singing those songs, that it was Teddy Pendergrass. May I just list the first four songs in the album? Come Go With Me, Close the Door, Turn Off the Lights, Do Me. <laughs> Have I got it? You got it. Teddy was the guy that other men wanted to be like and women wanted. Females just went crazy. People would throw all types of things up on the stage. He was as big as you can get. He was a black Elvis. He's about to go worldwide. You know, he would have been a total phenomenon. Five platinum albums in a row. Platinum. Everything was waiting for him. Movies, television, everything. There's something magical about him. You could just feel that he was going to be what I used to call the great black hope. a lot of thug life in the record industry at that time. He didn't know who his friends were or who his enemies were. There were so many pieces to him. What a complicated guy. He had a certain amount of fame and money. You think nothing can happen to you. And what happened to him was the cruelest of all. Because he became a prisoner in his own self. There was a one point that I realized that I had a facility for numbers. And I knew I struggled reading. How much of that was connected to my cognitive ability? And how much of that is connected to some small sh form of dyslexia? I remember specifically charting what was happening in the civil rights movement as a child. That I couldn't wait to get home to watch what was happening in the news. I think that serves as a part of me from the beginning. There was a whole movement going on in San Francisco. Hippies. The whole summer of love, all of that was flourishing during this time. I learned a lot to be a black actor in the company. Very few things for you to do. The servant. When Brad Gilry gave me at the Awful Guard, this is the play I've been looking for, right? 
We did that play, it was four hours, just the two of us on stage. I remember after that first performance, Ben and I turned over and looked at each other and somewhere in your heart and said, I can do this stuff, I can do this. That's when I decided that I was, that's where I was going, acting is where I was going. All right, welcome back. This is 94.1 FM KPFA, and you are listening to your host here tonight, Stevie G. And we have Sharon in there on the board and Hannah on the phone and Frank obviously just watching over and making sure we're doing the right things tonight. That's for sure. Uh, we are here celebrating uh, the upcoming film festival, the San Francisco Black Film Festival, that will be uh, airing June 13th. That's a Thursday, June 13th through Sunday, June 16th. And that will be happening throughout the city uh, uh, at different venues and different times and a a festival for you to get out and really have a chance to enjoy yourselves and take some uh, thoughts and some opportunity to get into some uh, different ways of storytelling through film. I think it'd be a great opportunity for you. Great opportunity for you. So the San Francisco Black Film Festival actually continues the legacy of Ave Montague's Multicultural Film Festival that is celebrating, I believe it's the 21st year this year. And again, this year's festival is from June 13th through June 16th. And the film festival began as a way to get Hollywood film industry experts and emerging and local filmmakers together in a diverse environment. So this festival is a place for local and international filmmakers to have a platform and a place to share their work with films from around the world. This multi-genre film festival has something for everybody. And that would include you all. We want you there. We want you out there. We want you to have the opportunity to partake of some things. And with that, I'd like to talk briefly about the uh, trailers that we just heard. What we heard first was uh, Guitar Man. So a lifelong musician, uh, Buzzy Martin, began searching at, at uh, teaching, excuse me, uh, teaching at-risk kids about music to help them through the trial of their daily lives. And through this experience, he was able to give them the opportunity to teach a music class inside of San Quentin State Prison. Uh, intimidated at first by the brutal surroundings, he soon found a common language between him and the inmates, which was music. So that was a great, great film. Another one would be the inspiring story of Teddy Pendergrass. Uh, he was poised to be possibly one of the great soul singers of all time. A, a very much an immortal voice. Uh, Don't Leave Me This Way, uh, The Love I Lost, and Close the Door. Those were just some uh, chart-stealing great number, number hits that he had. Uh, he was one of the first black male artists to have the consecutive platinum albums in the U.S., and actually the very first male artist to have five consecutive platinum albums in the U.S. Uh, before a, a devastating accident just changed his life forever. And so this film gets into all of that. And that third film that you heard was The Robeson Effect. And you heard actor Danny Glover, along with the fellow actor Ben Gilroy. And that examines their early life discovery of acting, their shared admiration of Paul Robeson, and the creation of the Roby Theater Company. So, with that, I'm hearing some sounds that kind of give you a bit of hint as to where we're going next. And that's exit stage left. <laughs> so, 
So I want to thank everybody for uh, joining us here tonight uh, on Full Circle. Uh, we want to thank um, our guest, Mr. Michael D. McCarty, for appearing. Again, one of the subject matters in the film. Uh, we also want to uh, give a thank to our executive producer, Miss M. Want to give thanks to Mr. Franklin Sterling, our technical director, our production consultant, Miss Joy Moore. We want to thank Sharon Peterson on the board and Hannah Wilson for our tech assist tonight. I am your host, Stevie G. Thank you so much. Remember, San Francisco Black Film Festival, June 13th through June 16th. Have a good one. <laughs>